Welcome to Women Express. This is your host, Denise Harrington. I'm so excited about being here today. And of course, I'm always excited about being here because this is the opportunity and the platform that I discovered birth, however you want to say it, to allow women to have and use and discover their voice. That's why Women Express is so exciting. Today, we have a very important guest, but before I introduce Miriam, I am want to say a little bit about some of the things that are happening in our world today where women are expressing their voices. Most recently, Michelle Obama came out with her memoir, Becoming. And believe me, all around the country, they started here in Washington, D.C., and Last Saturday, I think they were in Brooklyn, New York. I don't know where they are, but I know that women are so excited to, number one, hear her voice, Mm -hmm. and number two, be a part of a movement that is saying, yes, it is our time to become. And our voices are critical to becoming. So what I want each of you to do today is just enjoy, enjoy, Allow yourself to expand your awareness around some new ideas, listen to another person's voice, and ultimately, we will add to our collective voices by what we hear today. I want to start out with a quote from Michelle because I think it's important to share some of the things that she's talking about. I saw in Forbes magazine the 15 top 15 quotes from Michelle Obama. The funny thing about it, Four of those quotes have to do with voice. So here's number 15. There's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. And there's grace in being willing to know and hear others. If that doesn't talk about our Women Express podcast, I don't know what does. This is the platform to allow women to hear one another's voices and to share. So today's topic is a modern day woman of color who is Muslim in America and why our diversity matters. I want to share with you one thing that I think is extraordinary before I bring Miriam on. I know I'm kind of leading up to this, but these things that we're talking about are so important. Minnesota just elected the country's first Somali-American Muslim woman to the legislature. I mean, Minnesota, yay for you. This is incredible stuff that is happening in our country. It's giving another voice to a political system, that voice of diversity that is so essential to making sure that everyone is represented. And this is a woman. This is a Muslim woman. Many women were elected in this last election era, but having a woman of color who's Muslim is incredible. And I'm so excited about that and how our country is moving forward. She, no doubt, will add richness to the overall collective conversation that will be coming from Capitol Hill here in Washington, D.C. So now I want to introduce you to Miriam. 
Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited about interviewing you for my podcast. I met Miriam in one of my favorite coffee shops in America, which is Cafe Umbria in Portland, Oregon. I go to Cafe Umbria. It's like my office away from home. The coffee is incredible. And the people that you meet there are just incredible as well. They have shops other places, cafes other places, but that's one of my favorite ones, which is the one in Portland, Oregon. Miriam was born in Southern California to a Palestinian father who grew up in Jordan because his family were refugees, a mother who is Moroccan, and she grew up in France, and they gave birth to this wonderful woman that we're about to talk to. Miriam moved when she was five years old to Jordan, and then her family moved to Dubai. That in and of itself is quite a move, quite a, a lot of travel. And then she moved to France. And in, when she was 17 years old, she moved back to the United States. So she was born here, and then she moved back when she was 17. She had difficulty in school because all of the credits that she had received in schools internationally did not match up, and she wasn't allowed to graduate. But she went on to community college, and guess what? She has her BA in English and her minor in writing. That's pretty incredible in and of itself. So that's one way to take over America. That's what I would say. <laughs> so, Miriam, tell me what is your story? How do you use your voice on a day to day basis? It's a really interesting question. I think, especially having just graduated and working at a coffee shop, I meet different types of people from all walks of life. And I think the biggest thing I've learned with my story is patience. Living in different countries, especially living in France, not speaking fluent French at the time, it was really hard when people weren't patient with me, even though I was trying. So I think that's something I've learned, but it's something I try to practice and try and like communicate with people and interact with people is just like give them the opportunity to like hear their stories because of what I've been through. And then through that week, share experiences and conversations, kind of like how you and I met. So, Yeah. Well, you're a young global woman, and that's why the topic being modern day. I mean, you're young, mm -hmm. lived around the world, you've settled on the West Coast of the United States, but definitely bring a different perspective. And I want our audience to know that perspective. You told me a little bit about a friend of yours from mm -hmm. Ghana. Yeah. And what how your stories differ, but how they're the same. Tell me a little bit about that. So she, she's from Ghana. She lived in Canada or she's from Canada. And we, we talk a lot about our day-to-day -day experiences and how we get treated. Mostly a lot of our experiences have been in school where we've really experienced and seen different things. So for example, I mean, I'm going to respect her privacy and her stories, but I know that for me, when I moved back to the States, I didn't really understand racism until I moved back, which was crazy because all my life I was told, you know, you're Middle Eastern, but you're born in America. So you're also American and be proud of that, be proud of that heritage. And I was proud of it. And when I moved back to the States, I was so shocked as to how people saw me, um, especially after 9-11. It was just, I was dangerous, which 
I'm like the nicest person ever. So it was really hard to. to and she really is. She's very <laughs> nice, very wonderful woman. Thank you. But I think that was something that we really connected on was just like our experiences and just like also hearing her stories and her being African, like seeing that our colors are different, but we have the same heritage almost. So how we get treated is different too. So just being able to like understand each other a little bit better on that level has been really, it's brought us, we're so close because of it. And I don't think anyone in the world besides my family understands me the way she does. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the one of the reasons why I was my interest was piqued in interviewing you is that we were talking about mm -hmm. what it's like to be a woman of color. Mm -hmm. And certainly women of color right now are bringing a lot of power to the table. Mm -hmm. Our voices are rising up in ways that has never risen before and, and certainly taking leadership positions that we've never taken before. Yeah. But part of our story as women of color is the color range, our range of color mm -hmm. is vast. It is. You, know, we, you and I talked about that. I'm a, a darker complexion woman of color. You're a lighter complexion woman of color. Yet we experience, I mean, oftentimes people may not even know yeah. who we are. Yeah. Depending upon the range of color that happens. But we identify ourselves as women of color, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, Man, I don't even know where to begin sometimes with, with this topic because it's just so big and there's so many things that just need to be addressed. But I think people also really underestimate us because we've been in the shadows for so long. So now that we're becoming more vocal and more outspoken and we're learning to stand up for ourselves, I don't think some people are having a hard time with that. But I think it's also a step in the right direction for us to, you know, bring more diversity to the table because if that's what the world is. It's, it's different. It's not supposed to be this like one shade of something, you know? Yeah. And it, it's interesting because as I said, in our culture alone, we have so many different shades. Mm -hmm. We have so many different religions. We have so many different ways of being. And that is the world today. Yeah. That's why I was so excited about doing this interview with you and why I felt so connected with you and your experience. I mean, I've traveled the world with my business myself and I've seen lots of cultures, but they, you know, you don't even have to travel that far in America mm -hmm. to see all the different cultures, people coming here from so many different places, adding a richness to the texture mm -hmm. of who we are as Americans. Yeah. You know? No, it, it's totally, yeah. We, and that's what's really interesting is that if you look at the history of this country, it's based on diversity, you know? And I think no matter where you're from, we each like bringing our heritage and our ancestry into this country, like we're adding some flavor and some spice into this to this world, I don't see how that's a bad thing. It seems like it's a really good thing. And yeah. I think the most important thing about this is that the more we have voices, mm -hmm. the more of our voices come together. And, you know, we're not excluding anyone else's voice. Mm -mm. There is space in this collective way of being as women to be rich in the way that we have conversations and the way that we share who we are and what our heritage is. Mm -hmm. And I think it only makes things better, don't you? I completely agree. I completely agree. So who are some of the Muslim women and that you look up to that really have helped you frame who you are? Oh, wow. So <laughs> it's going to sound really cheesy, 
but this woman is like my, she is Wonder Woman, but my mom. She was born in Morocco and she lived in France, but seeing her overcome so many obstacles, like her story is insane. She moved to the States when she was 19 years old, I believe, didn't speak a word of English, was the first in her family to go to college, especially being a woman, that was a big deal. And then not just to like go to college, but she was, she moved to a completely different country. She didn't have any family, any friends. And she made something of herself, which I thought was so, so inspirational. And she met my dad and my dad's a wonderful man, but my mom, my God, she followed this man. She, she traveled the world. She adapted to different cultures. She learned their ways, their food, their habits. She raised my sister and I and made a home a home. And then still when we moved to France, she started a business with my dad and she still raised two kids, speaks three languages fluently and flawlessly. I mean, I know there's so many political women out there, but my mom, she's just my superhero. So I would forever be impressed by her. There's nothing wrong with being in love with your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the very first, What you know, for most of us, that's the very first person that teaches us who we are as women. And for all of us, I would say that that's our first step of being a woman. So if you were to describe yourself as a Muslim woman, what Mm -hmm. does that mean? It means I'm really curious. Oh my gosh. I'm okay. So it means I'm loud. I have accepted that I am so loud and bubbly. And that's just part of, I think being Middle Eastern in general, like, like we're just loud people. It's like, there's a story that my mom always tells for Thanksgiving. One time we all went out, this is before we moved to Jordan. Apparently we were with some family friends. We went out to a cafe for Thanksgiving that was open. There's just a bunch of Arabs just talking and having a good time, but it was all in Arabic. And a manager came up to my dad and his friends and he's like, Hey, I'm so sorry guys, but if you guys are going to fight, can you please take it outside? (laughs) (laughs) It shows that they were loud. So that's what, yeah, being loud is one of them, but also knowing our culture is also really important. Like being a Muslim woman, like, you know, your family's history, where you're from and just like you're raised to be proud of that. That's fabulous. So that's something I'm really grateful for. And that's what kind of defines me. And also being a you know, Middle Eastern, you're really close to your family. That's family beautiful. is everything you put family before anything else. And I think that's something in this country that sometimes it's harder for people to relate to because you just, I don't know, at 18, you move out and you kind of just, follow your own path, but Muslim culture, especially like Middle Eastern culture, especially your family's there. Like it's, Mm -hmm. they're always there. And I think that's a beautiful bond to have because you have a support system always. And I, I love that. You know, for women, that's one of our key characteristics is the ability to create community, the ability to create relationship. So at the basis of that whole thing of family and family first is, is not only typical to your culture, but I think it's the backbone of what it means to be a woman. Whatever the culture is, I mean, we may not have children, but if you really take a look at it, most women are somehow at the core of whatever community that they're they're leading or thriving in. Community is a big, big thing for us. It is. What have you seen now that you're 
pretty much done with college. Mm -hmm. What is your vision? How do you see yourself? We started this podcast with a little introduction into Ilam Omar, Mm -hmm. who is the first country's first elected official in the legislature, who's Somali Mm -hmm. American and Muslim and woman. That must mean to you that the doors are wide open, that anything's possible here in America. Tell me about that. When I saw that, I actually started crying because for the longest time, like I said, I I was told constantly that I am a threat or if I'm not considered a threat, I'm the exception because I'm a nice person. I somehow, I don't, they don't associate, we associate me being Muslim or Arab, which doesn't make any sense. But it just means that people are starting to understand politics a little bit better and understanding that like what's going on overseas doesn't do, like you can't put the actions of a few bad people to represent the whole and Muslim means so many different things. It doesn't just mean Middle Eastern. It means you're Asian. It means you're African, you know, it, it means you're European. It doesn't, you know, it's not, it means you're American. It means you're American. Exactly. There's so many different people that you know follow that that you can't assume because you're from a different country or a middle eastern country that you're automatically muslim and you're automatically considered dangerous so having that means people are just being more aware of it and more accepting of the change that's coming in this country so it's so exciting it's so exciting so you think that there's a heightened awareness not only in your own culture but just in the cultures in general yeah. In American culture. Yeah. I think globally, do you think it's global as well? I think so. I, I'm really excited. I know that being Middle Eastern women are sometimes, well, not sometimes, we kind of just lay low in the shadows. We're kind of just there. We're just we're just there. And I think for the first time with technology, because everyone has access to the internet, they have access to what's going on going on around the world, women are just getting they're we're getting more empowered. Like we're just there's like this new wave and it's not just in the States, it's everywhere. And I think Middle Eastern women are starting to find their voice. They're starting to prioritize themselves and focus on like changing the world, making a difference in their community and not just, you know, necessarily getting married at a young age and having kids and being a stay at home mom that that lifestyle is so it's been over and they're realizing it and they're starting to like, want more for themselves. And I just, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. So that's what a modern day woman of color who is Muslim is all about, it looks like. (laughs) Yeah, just make, you know, I mean, growing up, my mom, I think I was really grateful for that because I have some friends who are Middle Eastern and Muslim or Middle Eastern and Christian. And right off the bat, it was, you know, need to find a husband and make sure he's financially stable and get married. Not not saying that was like the case for everyone growing up, but for a couple of people that I know that was the priority. And uh, my mom and dad never raised me that way, which I always thought was so like interesting. Like it was always, you know, focus on school, get a bachelor's, go make something of yourself. Don't ever rely on a man. That was my mom's biggest rule. She was like, don't ever rely on a man. <laughs> my mother said that too. <laughs> right. And it wasn't because you were going to meet like someone who was terrible. It was just because something could happen to them. You never know. And you need to make sure you, you're, you can take care of yourself. 
Yeah. And it's about empowerment. It's about Mm -hmm. empowering yourself. It doesn't mean that we don't have men in our lives Mm -hmm. and that we love the men in our lives and that we want men to be in our lives. It just means that if I enrich myself, Mm -hmm. I bring something rich and colorful to the table. Yeah. And that colorfulness to the table adds to the whole and creates this 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 array I, I mean makes me so excited and I well up with emotion because when women stand in their power mm-hmm. when we gain our voices we bring something extraordinary to the table yep we, we bring a presence and you know the platform of speaking is one of the most powerful ways that you can get your presence mm-hmm. can establish your own personal brand so it's very, very good to know to one, take a look at who you are inside. Take a look at that. Yeah. Take a look at your self-talk. Many of us do have heroines that are helping us, women that are helping us establish ourselves mm-hmm. as young women. It's it's critical for those relationships to to be a part and for of what we're doing and how we're exhibiting ourselves because presence comes from your ability to communicate Mm -hmm. who you are. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think now more than ever, it's such a good time. Like I've never been ashamed of being a woman of color ever. I, and it's, I think the the greatest thing about it is that because we understand each other's struggles, especially in this country with how things have been, you can always find comfort and this like, solidarity like you never mm-hmm. and it, I think that is so incredible because you I don't know if other people experience that but you can always know like you, you treat each other like family you're like because you have this sense of community that it doesn't matter yeah. what shade you are you understand my struggles your struggles are my struggles so I get you I hear you and I'm here for you and I support you and it's it's such an amazing bond to have it's such an I love it it's an amazing bond. And I would say that certainly that was what attracted me to you mm-hmm. as a woman of color. And certainly just to take it to the next level, not only women of color, but we have this incredible bond as women mm-hmm. in general. Yep. You know, that's the next level. Certainly culture is one of the first things. And then second, people who identify with mm-hmm. culture. But then we have this other thing called being a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's our time. It's our time to express. It's our time to be a part of a global I would say rising up of the feminine energy of a woman's paradigm. Yep. And bringing that, as I said, to the table, because it will only make the table richer. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving. When you go to the Thanksgiving table, everybody is contributing something. And all those pieces that people contribute really make a really good meal. Yep. No, I, I agree. Yeah, it's things are definitely taking a turn with what happened with the most recent election, you know, with all the like the Me Too movements that are happening. It's just women are being heard and not just being heard. We're not tolerating being ignored either. Like we're standing up for ourselves. We're demanding respect. And I think it's, Oh, Oh, it's so, <laughs> it's, po- it's so, it's so powerful. It's, it's very powerful. You, Yeah. It's, it's insane. And I think now more than ever too, like you, you can experience that. Like, I don't ever feel unsafe if I know there's like a woman across, like right in the same room. I'm like, if, cause if something happens, or if she feels uncomfortable, or if there's anything in the slightest, 
you're going to have this whole army rise up and it's not going to be pretty for the person on the <laughs> who's creating a problem. And yeah. the, the, the flip side of that is, is that we will all rise up and really help to create the mm-hmm. change that's necessary yeah. for our world yeah. and reestablish that ability for people to live in love together. Mm-hmm. And that's a big piece. It's for people to live and love together, mm-hmm. you know, and understand diversity and understand what diversity brings and try to begin to understand the differences and how they live their lives. That's why I wanted to interview you today you know, as a woman who's a Muslim, but not only a woman who's Muslim, but a woman who is of African descent and a woman who is of Arab descent. Yeah. It's all mixed up and in a beautiful package, which we call an American woman who has lived her Mm -hmm. life and as her life has enriched her. Well, if you have a vision or a goal, what would that be? I I read something that you want to do in your (laughs) bio. So what would that be? You're a young woman. You're bringing this energy. Where does this energy take us if I'm going to follow you? Well, hopefully. So I got, (laughs) I'm going to sound like another cliche CrossFitter. I actually got into CrossFit about a year and a half ago. And I was watching this documentary and I was so impressed by the women that are athletes there. The way they, not just by like their physical strength, but it was this mental strength that I was so just, oh my God, I could just, I get drunk on it sometimes. Like just watching them talk. I'm like, I just, oh my God, there's no words for it. But so I started out, I didn't tell anyone that I started CrossFit because I actually wanted to become a competitor. I, I, I kept that secret to myself. I started CrossFit and I just saw some progress and you know, being in a community where I could be myself, that was really, it it became a safe space for me. Like people knew I was Arab, people knew I was Muslim, but they also knew that I was just very progressive. Like, I mean, I work out in a sports bra and no one looks at me like, oh, shouldn't you be covered or shouldn't you be, you know, I was just being able to be myself. Yep. So, So that was, that kind of created a really big safe space for me. And that's where I love to spend the majority of my time. But I realized as I was watching these documentaries and these interviews and these athletes, I mean, there's a couple of women of color, but there's no, like no one's made it to the top. No one's made it to the podium. And another thing I realized is that I haven't seen a single Middle Eastern woman, not a Middle Eastern, not covered, not just, there's very few women of color that go to the games, they have um, competitions in Latin America and in Africa, but they, again, there's very little women of color that go and compete. And the more I just give myself to the sport, the more it humbles me and it teaches me these amazing life lessons that I carry out. And the more I just, that's my goal. I want to be a Middle Eastern woman that's on that podium one day. And I want women <laughs> to be like, wait, she's she's Muslim and she has tattoos. Wait, she's Muslim and she's, she's on the podium. Like she can lift heavier than some of the guys that I know and she can endure, you know, mental toughness. So that's been a personal goal of mine. I want to be one of the first Arab CrossFitters to, to make it to the podium. Well, fantastic. We're a hundred percent behind you. Thank you. We wish you all the success with that. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
you know, you've you've shared a lot of who you are as a, a woman who actually embodies many aspects of life. And I so very much appreciate it. And the last question I'll ask of you is, as a Muslim woman living in America, what would you like to see happen with how people accept you, how people include you, and what kind of diversity you bring to the table? How do you see that? What's that vision? I want future young, um, not just, I guess, I mean, women of color, but I, I really want young Middle Eastern girls to not be afraid of saying where they're from. That was something that I think was really hard when I moved here. I realized when I was going to high school in Southern California, I realized I was, it, was, it was a bad idea for me to say that I was Middle Eastern and it was smarter for me to just say, oh, I, I moved from France and people automatically for whatever reason, assumed I was French. I want those girls to not be afraid of where they're from because they, they're going to be afraid of you know being called names, being bullied, having to hear some really disturbing things and nothing being done about it because they're Middle Eastern and they're Muslim. They, they hurt this country in some ways. So that, that's my vision that 10 years from now, they won't have to be afraid. They they can just be like, yeah, I'm from here, and my mom makes amazing food, and you should come over, and <laughs> you should yeah come try it. It'd be great. So that's that's the goal I have. That's the dream I have for for the future. And um, I think if the more people are aware of other women's struggles, the more understanding will be of one another. And like I said, I think standing up for each other is so important. And it's happening more and more, so it's awesome. Well, let's raise our hands together and help eradicate these misgivings and misunderstandings about women of color who are Muslims and who come from the Middle East, because my experience of you, and I'm sure if I experienced any woman who's Muslim of color from the Middle East, from Africa, the same impression would be there, that it's just a beautiful contribution Mm -hmm. of self to the table. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well, that's it for the day. I'm so, as I said, excited to have had you here. This is an amazing story. You are an amazing woman. I'm very thankful that I got a chance to meet you and that you had a chance to come on Women Express and tell your story. It's a, it's a good one. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, I'm so glad I remembered how to make your cappuccinos. <laughs> yeah, when I walk in now, uh, she says, yeah, you're the one who wants cappuccino with almond milk. That would be me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my no. story. But thank you so That's much. My for, story. No, but thank you so much for this opportunity and just kind of, yeah, just giving me this opportunity to talk about it. Because like I said, no one's ever asked. And it's, it, sometimes I think it's sad because I'm just like, I have, I've experienced some things and I think you'd, you'd learn a few lessons from them. So. Absolutely. And that's what Women Express is all about. Take these lessons today, ladies, and begin to use them. Stand up for who you really are and express yourself. Make it one collective voice. I want to end the today with another quote from Michelle Obama's Becoming. I told you there were four quotes that came out of the 15 and wouldn't you know the Mm -hmm. platform of of using the voice is one so here's number two your story is what you have 
you will always have it. It is something to own. I'm going to ask all my listeners out there, own your story, start telling your truth, start speaking your truth to power, stand up, be who you are, and let's go. Women, let's express. Thanks for being here. If you loved what you heard today and you love who you heard today, subscribe. Get in there and give us some likes, give us some reviews. The more we can collectively be together, the better. And in closing, I want to say, one woman's voice standing up for herself and for other women seems alone and small, but small voices leveraged within the collective voice of women are powerful. Speak your truths, speak truth to power. Collectively, we can move mountains. Thanks for being with me today. And let's get out there and women express. Thank you so much. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review, and subscribe. And if you loved the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. Let's collectively women express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now. Bye.